And then, then Steve Buscemi like has like a funny line where he's supposedly funny line where he's like, you know, she never told me how old she was, right? So Buscemi is supposed to be this like really smart character. So if he's so fucking smart, why does he? What correlation does the Air Force have with his statutory rape? Right, like because the guy's dressed in full Air Force gear, right? He thinks they send the Air yeah. Force to arrest you for statutory rape, right? Then- um, why don't you use it? Like, I couldn't figure out why he couldn't use it all the time. And then, like, he threw away that line. He's like, yeah, it drains my chi. And I was like, what? So when you use it, it drains your chi. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So basically, if he keeps losing his cool, he'll never really keep his chi to begin with. And he loses his cool a lot. Like the yeah. only time, the only time the Iron Fist ever comes out is he's when in, he's in great distress or someone's about to get hurt, and he just it just kind of like or when he's meditating or something like that, it comes out. Um, this I, I, I there's not this again, show is so frustrating, so yeah, frustrating. There's nothing there's nothing Buddhist about the way that he's uh, what's this Finn Jones has portrayed Danny Rand in this. There's nothing Buddhist about it whatsoever. I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a perfect example, and you're going to fucking die laughing when I finish this thought. So there's a scene where Claire, the night nurse, is um, is stapling Danny Rand together, right? And he's, like, screaming like a little bitch. And I'm thinking, like... And, and Claire is the one telling him to calm down or think of something else, right? And I'm like, why is a nurse telling the Iron Fist, who's supposed to be like a Buddhist monk kung fu master, to calm down, right? Like, <laughs> that's not the, that's not the only time he's done it too. He, she, she told him on she told him on the plane as well. But then all of a sudden, I thought about like, wait a minute, this scene reminds me of something, but the exact opposite. And it reminds me of the scene in Roadhouse where Patrick Swayze is getting fucking his stab wound yes. stapled together. Yes. And he's like, pain don't hurt. And he takes a deep, he takes a breath and then he centers himself basically before he gets stapled. And he doesn't do anything. And I'm like, holy shit, Patrick Swayze is a better iron fist than this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I watch Jurassic Park, I want to punch that girl in the fucking teeth (laughs) when she turns on the flashlight. Oh, in the car. Yeah, I mean, I was closer to her age when this movie came out, and I remember being still as pissed off as I am at, at 38. <laughs> and I think even at 38, if she's still, like, 13 in the movie, I would still punch her in the fucking throat. <laughs> like, essentially, the T-Rex, like, goes away from that car. Yeah. Like, completely ignores it, right? And doesn't actually turn back to the car till that dumb bitch turns on the flashlight. <laughs> and like, you're scot-free. You're fla- fucking scot-free. Flashes it into the sky, right? into the sky, directly into the fucking T-Rex's face. <laughs> like, fucking continent and shit. And, like, they can't they can't figure out how to turn off a flashlight. How fucking stupid are you? Well, why didn't it's they... The, it's it the upside- opposite way of the fucking button you just push to turn it on. <laughs> right, why didn't they turn it upside down and push yeah, it into the or ground? that. Sit up, like, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I would have... If I was Timmy, I think that was his name, Timmy, I would have took the fucking light bulb and just fucking bashed it into her fucking head for being so stupid. <laughs> Timmy, uh, yeah, that- I can't like that. That scene just—it it made no sense to me. Like, even if your car was attacked by a grizzly bear, which would still be scary as shit, and the grizzly bear is done attacking or even sniffing your car, right? And it's walking away, and then all of a sudden you, you fucking honk your it. horn. Yeah, you honk your fucking horn. No, I, you're right. The, the teachers, the, the negligence that goes on between the teachers and administration and that's just, are... That's just Dumbledore. That's just, <laughs> Dumbledore. What about, he doesn't... How many books does he fuck Harry over? What about, what about the fact that the first thing that Dumbledore says to all the new students is you can't go into the Forbidden Forest, especially at night. So what happens when, when fucking Harry gets detention? He sends him out there. What's the at night? That's his detention. Not sitting like, not like sitting like helping, helping like, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Who's the, who's the groundskeeper? Um, uh, Hagrid. Finch. Hagrid. Oh, Hag- Hagrid. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're not helping oh, Hagrid just like clean, like clean up like dog shit during during the day, <laughs> away from the Forbidden Forest, right? No, your fucking detention is you go in the fucking Forbidden Forest, right? 
How fucking what the hell is that? I don't know. The one place that Dumbledore tells you not to go, that's where you send that's the kids. That's where you send the kids. Yeah. Hey, they're trying to re- they're serious. And how they're the serious fact, about the consequences. And, and, and I know Snape has a huge backstory, right? He has oh, yeah. a, We don't know that but, yet. But but again, teacher negligence, right? He he found out that fucking a quarrel was trying to kill a student. A teacher was trying to kill another student, and he doesn't say anything about it. Nope. He's just like... He just lets it go. He's like, all right, go back. Go back yeah, to your room. Just lets it go. <laughs> Again, using the same scenario here, if you found out that there was a teacher trying to kill your kid in the school, and the other teacher was like, well, I stopped him. I stopped him. It's okay. Yeah, I, I Don't worry about him. it. Don't worry. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on <laughs> him. And he's still teaching at this fucking school. That, the fuck is that about? I don't know, but it's not its not that far off. It really isn't that far off from the <laughs> real world. <laughs> and so I'm laboring, building what became his sound studio. My first audition, he calls me in and says, uh, okay, they didn't have anything written down and everything was so secret. And he, and he called me into his little studio in San Anselmo. Was it yeah. Little, yeah. And, um, and he says, say... Uh, to say the name Elliot, and this is a creature, and he says, this is a creature. Now, this is the first part I didn't get. Okay, so that's how our business is. Yeah. But but so I said, Elliot, I'm trying to do kind of creature kind of sounds, and say phone home, say be good, and do it in all these different voices. And actually then... Those are so good then, clues. Those are, yeah, but I didn't know, but it was so it now. turned out. So I, go to, I still don't know when I go to the screening of E.T. with everybody, and I'm sitting there, and honestly, when E.T. came on and said, I think the first thing he says is Elliot. Yeah, and, Elliot. and I couldn't remember. I told my friend, he had me saying some kid's name, and I can't remember the kid's oh name. God. But when And then I'm with my friend, right? And when E.T. says, Elliot... I looked where I went. That was the kid's name. They, oh my God, I would have been this creature. That was when I figured who out who they, I almost got. Who did they get for that? It was a woman. Deborah right? Winger like an and, and a very elderly lady yeah. who I'm told Ben Burt heard her asking for a pair of luck, or a, a pack of Lucky Strikes. Oh, yeah. yeah. In a, in a, in a, you know, and was like, she had that kind of, you know, she was an old smoking. Yeah, smoking. She had that idea. Give me some lucky <laughs> shit out of the way. I need to buy the pack of Yeah, stuff. right. And then was like, you're going to be, yeah. So she and Deborah oh, Winger was mixed in. Oh, yeah. So that happened. So then, but Ben, you know, after the screening, it was good. You know, I'll be calling you again. Well, then I got a call. And now I'm still a, now, now I'm a, I've, we finished Kerner Company. Go back I'm to out at the ranch. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. And now, but I've been made an apprentice carpenter now, making a little more and doing, and I'm waiting for something to open in production. Ben says, why don't you come over and try out? So he hands me a script. This is crazy. He hands me a script for Admiral, who was Admiral Akbar. Okay. Oh. Okay. So I'm, I got so nervous because now he's not just telling me things. I'm having, I'm looking at the script and he d- describes this <laughs> character and I'm in the studio that I labored, that I built. And when I first got in there, I said, Ben, the studio turned out beautiful. He's like, Oh, that's right. You were the laborer on the, yeah. <laughs> Give me the job. So yeah, yeah. So he hands me the uh, Darth, or uh, Darth Vader. There's Darth Vader, uh, Admiral Akbar. And I started shaking so bad that I mean, so badly. That I literally couldn't. There was nothing to put the script on, and I'm like this, trying to make my head. And, I'm, and I went, "Oh my god!" And, and Ben says, "What's wrong?" I said, "I'm so nervous. I can't even read the script. I'm shaking so bad." And he's like, "Just relax. It's no big deal. Take your time." And I said, "Okay. Well, can I just shake this out? Just kind of get these nerves out." Mm. He's go, "Yeah, do whatever." So I walked away from the mic. And I walked over, and I took the script, and I started going, <laughs> and I walked back over, and I had stopped shaking. And I went, okay, I'm ready. And he comes out from behind his podium, and he goes, uh-uh. And he takes the script, and as he's walking away with the script, I really thought I had offended Ben Burke. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just blew this whole audition. He turned around, he looks at me, he goes, you know what you just did over there, that laugh that you were just doing? I said, yeah. And he says, I got a creature that that's going to be perfect for. Forget Admiral Akbar. We're just going to do a bunch of that today. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was salacious crumb. And awesome. that's exactly how well, it happened. You, you know, both those are so iconic. One for the laugh, obviously. Yeah. The other one, you yeah. know, it's a trap. You know, it's a trap. Yes, yeah. yes. Which, yeah, which ended up, yeah, the Admiral Akbar. <laughs> but yeah, and, that, and that's how, it, that's how uh, then I started 
you know, it rolled from there. There's Absolutely. a lot that happened in between where I met the monster maker, the creature makers that made Salacious, and then they went to work for Spielberg, and then they were doing Gremlins, and it was said on the set, hey, the, the Gremlins should have that same kind of laugh that that little character was with Jabba had. And mm. so then Chris calls me, and you've been asked to work on a Spielberg film. And it was one of those things for me, too. Honestly, I said, you are so full of... Why are you playing with me like this? <laughs> I really thought, this is a prank. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. They've asked me to come work on a... Sp- no, really, Mark. You need to, and then it's just, and here I am today. That's so I just, cool. Yeah. It's just, oh my gosh. That's like a, so there, that's how mine happened. Yeah. And those little stories, I love. Like I love more than anything. All right. Well, I'll give you an Easter egg then for okay. Attack of the Clones okay. that you won't find on any supplemental thing. Oh, nice. So, this, so, so is this an exclusive? This is a yeah, chew. Maybe. Yes. Okay. Right. Awesome. All right. So um, I was working on a shot um, when the, when they. When they shot the stuff with Jar Jar uh, uh, in the films, there you had the actor. You know, Ahmad right. was was in was in a Jar Jar costume with like a Jar Jar head up on top of his head and like a visor over his eyes that was mirrored so that people wouldn't look into his eyes. They would look up above that to the Jar Jar head so that you would have the eye lines going to the proper height. Right. But of course, you had to remove him from the shots. And I was working on one where I had to remove him from a shot because they were going to actually put in a full CG uh, uh, Jar Jar in there. And it's a scene where uh, Obi-Wan is getting out of an elevator with Anakin on Coruscant. And Jar Jar comes tootling along up to Daddy! the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, Obi-Wan, so glad to see you. And, I, yeah. and he comes running over to him, grabs him, and shakes Obi-Wan's hand vigorously. Well, when you paint something out, you have to paint in what would be... There and you know behind there in the first place. So I had to paint in the folds of Obi Wan's robe bouncing up and down, which is pretty crazy. But then I also had to for a couple of frames I needed a hand and I had no hand there. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do here. And I was ready to actually get out a camera and just shoot a photo of my own hand in the right angle and everything. So I'm on my lunch break and I'm just sitting at my desk and I'm surfing the internet and I'm looking at some news and everything. And there was a photo of. Vice President Al Gore on board Air Force Two doing this weird pose where he's got like his hands out at this odd angle and he's got this kind of like, I don't know, kind of attitude. And I looked at the photo of the hand and I go, that's the exact angle and the exact lighting I need. So I downloaded the photo. I t- took his hand out of the shot, isolated the hand, stuck it in there over... Obi Wan, so that Al Gore's hand made Holy it onto Obi Wan. Now you can't, you can barely see it because they, you know, they composited Jar Jar over that. Right. But so Al Gore's hand is in there for a few frames. Now here's the spooky part. Al Gore, you and McGregor, same birthday. <laughs> I can't believe Al Gore's hand is in Star Wars. Yes. He might have got elected. <laughs> well, you know, if you would look that up on the internet, which Al Gore invented, you, you, you'd you you know that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God. I, awesome. That blows my mind. It's like I have to go watch that so scene again. Awesome. I'm- Although, at the very end of Goldmember, when Fat Bastard showed up and he was all skinny, he's like, my neck looks like a vagina. <laughs> he's like, I mean, he's all eating Subway like Jared. You know, he got all, like, skinny and shit. Uh, didn't Jared become, like, a pedophile or some fucking shit? <laughs> yeah, let's not segue into that. Stuff. That is sad shit. What a moron. What a, a golden ticket. You have, you're making millions of dollars off Subway and you, like, look at child stuff. That's horrible. Fucking dick, burning hell. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know why I went there, but um, Austin Powers is the anti-Subway, anti-Jared. But um, so uh, this episode is brought to you by Subway. Subway. <laughs> Jared, who we don't. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You're welcome, Subway. Yeah. (laughs) We're never getting any other spokes model ever again. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. I think the best, like, Subway commercial I saw was, like, in Happy Gilmore. 
And we needed to make that. He needed to make that extra. That money. was when those dumb fucks were still cutting the sub. The, the bread all fucked up. Oh, I hated that. They cut that little strip off the top. Yeah, that's why I stopped. Like I went into. I I never knew that they did that. And then I went into a subway once. I was working. I was like, oh, this is the only thing here. I didn't want anything else. So the guy gives me the sandwich. I'm like, what are you doing to my bread? <laughs> Why aren't like, you cutting the bread in half, you dick? Yeah. I'm like, why are you cutting a triangle on the top? <laughs> He's like, that's how we cut it here. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why? And I don't even. And that was the that was the last time I ate from them. I hate so, it because when you ate, so, yeah, you ate the sandwich. You didn't have a top after like two bites. I mean, seriously, <laughs> if you didn't cut it into a perfect triangle, like the shit was going everywhere. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> do you remember? Do you remember a commercial like from them that says like Subway? Now we're cutting the bread right. Like, <laughs> That'd be a great commercial right now. Uh, well, no, it's 20 years, 15 years well, too when late, did they start cutting it right? Like, right. I, I don't know, because for the longest I time, I stopped going there. Yeah. I just saw the way I'll, they cut my breath. Here's how like, fucking traumatic that is. Here's how traumatic that was to me. I still remember what I bought. Really? Yeah. It was a grill. It was a chicken. It was a grilled uh, Philly cheesesteak chicken. <laughs> uh, chicken cheesesteak. This shit fell out yeah. like, instantly. Yeah, it's fucking. I'm like, I can't even put. You th- have okay. You have a loaf of bread, and they just slice <laughs> a thin layer of the top off, and that's the top. And they put the sandwich on it, and they put the top back on it, and they it's like this little sliver. You're like, that's as close <laughs> to anybody trying to reinvent the wheel as you'll ever come. <laughs> I mean. Wendy's made square hamburgers, but at least that fucking made sense. Like, I mean, it's different and cool, but yeah, because you could put it on you could put it on white bread. <laughs> Let me fuck up your sandwich. <laughs> it's like it's like if you're if you're like if you're not Subway because it's like a hoagie roll, and you you go to places where there's like a diner where they serve sandwiches like on like two pieces of toast. Yeah. And instead of putting like the the meat and stuff on the inside, they put it on the outside and the bread's on the inside. Like, why'd you do that? <laughs> well that's how we make sandwiches here. Yeah. Like that was like the equivalent of Subway saying, That's how we cut the bread here. That's how we, that's how we fuck you. I mean that's how we cut the bread like, here. That's how that's how we cut the bread here. That's how we make money. Wanna here. make something of it? Like that's how we do it here. That's why we only charge three three bucks. That's now why. we charge you six dollars. Yeah, because we doing cut the it bread the right, right way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's a, there's a tagline like, for you. Have it, like, <laughs> I'm, now I'm thinking of like Burger King. Have it your King. way, but more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Burger King is like, have it your way. Right. And then like, it's Subway would be like, Subway, you're having it my, my way. way. <laughs> <laughs> which which my way means I'm going to cut a triangle out of the top of your bread and try to convince you that this is, this is every, everybody, in five years, everybody's going to cut their bread like this. <laughs> You had mentioned stories in the panel. You got, like, so many stories. Yeah. Well, now I want to give you the opportunity to give me your favorite George Lucas story. Your, your personal, like, you know you this. You mean ru- run-ins with George? Or yeah, yeah George? your favorite, like, George Lucas that, like, it cracks you up or this is something you can't believe because it's, you know, it's George Lucas. Like, something, your something favorite Something that George probably Lucas won't story. piss him off. <laughs> piss him off? Well, I'll, I'll start with this one. You know, uh, like, a lot of people in my generations, I was just amazed that I, that I got a call. Right. And if you uh, if you you're gonna run the panel, but from what you heard from the panel, we all kind of got in differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I I got a phone call, and I'm happy to this day that I actually answered the phone. Okay, <laughs> and, and, and 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 if you had caller ID, you'd be like, I'm not answering. Yeah, that. <laughs> but that's just that's just again, that's being prepared yeah. and being at the right place at the right time. So when I was at um, when I when I was at ILM. They, they put us in the screening room, and they said, okay, George is going to come through the company now, and he's going to look at everything you've done for Jedi up to that point. And uh, he's got a lot of people. He's real busy. They, uh, they talked to uh, and it was I think it was Tom Smith, but they talked to us kind of like we were children, you know. He's going to come in, have him, have, uh, have him address you, get in, get out, you know, don't be overly wordy. And and uh, show him what you've done. He's going to ask you, and then on to the next department. 
So I'm 25 years old. This is my opportunity to meet George Lucas, right? Oh. So in walks my boss, Tom Smith, who was running George's Industrial Light and Magic. In, in walks, you know, the uh, company photographer, uh, Terry Co- uh, Costner, or Korsner. In walks Joe Johnson, okay, because they're all reviewing everybody's work. And I had, I was working on the map painting of, of the um, elevator shaft that... Uh, Darth is going to throw the Emperor down. Oh, right, right, right. You know that, you know that final scene? Awesome yeah. Well, that's scene. my that's my matte painting, okay? So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little a little scared because I, I'm thinking I've painted it a little too blue. And we it was somewhat <laughs> desaturated, you know, in in the film. In the so I see George. He walks in. And I just, I figure I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. I walk up to him and I give him a big bear hug. He goes, George, so glad to meet you. I'm so happy to work for you. And he like stiffens up, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of looks at me, and I'm, I'm looking at Tom Smith, and he's looking at me like I can't believe you're you hugging, dude. You're, you're, you're <laughs> well, I can see it in the movie. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that was my, that's the start of my relationship with George. And I, I would end up, I lived in Marin County, where sitting at a table with him like this and talking and and, I, and and frankly he's a lot more conversational now oh, yeah, when I see sure. him in fact we as a company would learn more about George through interviews on on uh, like uh, the Rolling Stone in fact in Rolling Stone magazine he he did an article where he actually says you know I'm actually, I'm paraphrasing here, actually kind of shy around my employees. I don't really know how to interact with them, which is which was true. I could you could just tell he just maybe he, he just wasn't comfortable being the well, boss or something. Well, you know, yeah. his career accelerated. Think about it. Here's a guy who's fairly shy, but he's got a lot of ideas, and he's his career and his title has accelerated from uh, American Graffiti, which was kind of a which hit, was but with big, Star yeah. Wars. And then after the success of Star Wars, went Zoom, you know, where yeah. he's now big boss man, and so that's that's a huge responsibility. And I don't know, big if, time. a I lot of know, companies. I yeah. don't know if I would do any better having, you know, it's just like you guys being one day you're here in West Sacramento, next mo- moment you're in New York, you're the biggest thing, and you're you know <laughs> you've got a, sp- a spot on MSNBC. It's like. Your income is shot up like that. Now you've got your own green room, yeah. people tapping you. And then we're uh, and, and now you've got your own publicity. It, it we're it, both it, divorced. Well, we're both, uh, our, our salary a, right now for this podcast is zero. So anything yeah. above zero, is, 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 is <laughs> it. it's almost as like when writers make sequels, they they tend to like make the same bigger. movie, the same movie as the other one, but bigger. It's, it even has the yeah. same beats and everything in it. It's the same. It's exactly the same. So, whatever. Basically, that was like Home Alone 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. He just happens to have an uncle in an empty house. <laughs> Home Alone 2 and Bubby returns. Uh, <laughs> fucking Home paint cans hitting Brendan Fraser in the face. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh wait, when the cage drops, there's there's Kevin in the in the in the up in the rafters, like recording his their voices from that talk the the recording yeah. thing that you he had filth, in Home Alone too. Filthy animals. Yeah, yeah. And then right before right before the Rock is about to kill Brendan Fraser. Uh, Kevin walks up to the Rock or the Scorpion King and gives him like the other white dove that he was supposed to give to that homeless lady. <laughs> the high intensity cardio we have are six beat uh, mini fight scenes uh, based off of my experience choreographing fight scenes for some of those bigger movies. Oh my um, so yeah, we have these really fun little fight scenes you get to learn. Um, so so now all you got to do is come up with an app for the iPad where you can film with green screen, right? Like film <laughs> film you doing those little action sequences and then they could see themselves, you know, fighting in the Avengers or some oh, or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a you're on the right path, but that's coming up. <laughs> so would you say would you say that the workout is a little bit better if you actually cosplayed 
while doing the workout? (laughs) Absolutely. You know why? Because that's one of our biggest things when we're, and that's not even a joke, when we're talking you through these workouts, we're, we're wanting you to get into the fantasy of the film world. So, you know, most people go to movies to escape and they sit in a theater and they watch these heroes on the screen. They get empowered. They feel good, but they're sitting still for two hours and they're eating popcorn and drinking a Coke. So we thought, why can't we bring that empowerment, that excitement, that escape and fantasy into your own living room so that you can be feeling like any superhero, action star, whatever you want uh, while you're working out. So through the workouts, we're giving you little scenarios. Like we have, um, for example, one move in one of the supersets is kind of like a a shoulder bounce and you have an exercise band around your wrist and you're you're pulsing, doing a little shoulder exercise. And we, you know, we kind of give you... Little scenarios like, okay, you're a super spy, you're locked in a max prison, and here you go, you're stuck in these cuffs, there's zip ties, you gotta break them, you got 30 seconds, let's do this. So we, we really do, yeah, I, I say cosplay it up. I mean, how, how many, uh, how many sessions do I have to do to, to be able to do the, uh, Black Widow twirling move that you have evolved <laughs> like crazy? You know what? I've never taken anyone from zero to 60 on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was telling BJ the other day was as we were getting ready for this podcast like I I was watching I specifically just watched the fight scenes that you were that you were in trying to figure out which ones were you and I remember the first time I saw that move and then then it it was in Iron Man two and then it was again in the Russian scene in uh, the Avengers but it was a little bit different mm-hmm. and then again in in Civil War and it was different again but every time. I've seen you do it on screen. It it evolves into something that's more kick-ass. So yeah, can't I can't wait to see movie. what you do in Avengers Wars. Yeah, you can't just come and do a new movie with you. If you're in that movie, it, <laughs> if, I, if I if I happen to do that movie, that probably would be what I would do. Right, that you can't you can't confirm or deny that you're in uh, that movie. Okay. I have Teen Wolf. <laughs> Oh, good one. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, when he was like in, a, in the heyday, you know, when he was like really popular. He was like Alex P. Keaton, and then he was in Back to the Future. And I think Teen Wolf came out after Back to the Future. Um, how I thought you, it was before. Like, how do you follow Back to the Future, honestly? I, I don't even know how you. By turning into a teenage werewolf during yeah, a basketball I, game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part is like nobody in the, nobody in the theater like screams. No, Somebody they're like just fucking everyone's just the quiet fuck out of there. Yeah, I've like, been like, is, uh, and you know, you know, you're in a 1980s like all white movie when nobody gets out, runs out of the theater. <laughs> like, like I'm Asian and I would have been fucking fuck this. I'm out of here. That dude just turned into a fucking werewolf. You know, Where, where'd you, like, if you were the captain of the other team, would you be like, uh, you guys need to forfeit? I, I don't, I knew nothing about this. They, they kind of just stand there in shock, and that's where the shock ends. Because once he starts dribbling the basketball and he scores, everything's fucking okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, "Oh shit, that dude can play." Never mind. Yeah, it's all good. Everything's fucking completely okay. That a werewolf just transformed on the basketball court and like scored a basket, and everybody's like, "Oh okay, oh <laughs> let's just keep playing. I guess that's normal. Let's just keep going." Yeah, I guess it's okay. It's okay because you can dribble a basketball. We're safe. <laughs> Like yeah, nobody wanted to cover him. He would have scratched their face off. It was like, yeah, forget like, it. I mean, like score. halfway through, like it would be really funny. Is like everybody's like you know in the in the movie, everybody's cool with him, you know, just turning into a werewolf. And then like right before like the game ends, he rips like the referee's head because <laughs> they give him because they do it like a bad call and it pisses him off. So he just like just yeah, goes on a rampage. Fucking, yeah, and just fucking starts killing people. They're like, <laughs> it's like double dribble. No, I didn't. <laughs> and the same thing with Star Wars too. Like we were just actually, you know, this is how big of the nerds we are. We were just talking about Star Wars before you you had you know come on yeah before you ran <laughs> in, and we were talking about Star Wars and how like ridiculous it was about how much training or I forget the name, the terminology of it. Um, and this is why I'm not a writer, uh, that I, that they were calling, um, a character who just happens to just know everything like Ray did in, in the force awakens. No, training. Mary Sue. Mary yeah, Sue, that's yeah. right. She had no training. Right. But, but in the movie, if you just take the movie of the force awakens versus a new hope, if you watch the beginning of that movie, who would you actually want 
to be fighting next to you because when you first meet Luke, he's kind of just whiny and just he's he's whiny. He's just whiny. Station. Yeah, and uh-huh. when you meet when you meet uh, Ray, she's a loner. She has to survive in that desert planet, and she beats the crap out of three guys on the planet. She proves that she can fight, right? Luke, the the only fighting he really does hand to hand combat is he fights that like laser droid or the the training droid on the Falcon, right? Right, yeah. and then so so he he there's no reason for him to actually be any good at what he does because he actually has less of what she does. He, he, he has yes. no tra- he has no training. There's mentor, no context. No, his mentor dies, and then he's on the ice planet, and then the next thing he does is pull the lightsaber out of the ground and and cut a wampus. Well, that's an empire, but even in but, in, but even in, then in he a, had no training. But even in a new hope, like I mean, this I guess this is how desperate the rebels were. Like, hey, well, you that's flew a, true. You flew a T sixteen <laughs> hopper, which is like, hey, I drive a motorcycle. Let me fly an F four. <laughs> and that's I had I I try not to get in arguments on Twitter very often because it's usually futile. But right. <laughs> I felt very strongly about the like you're calling Ray and Mary Sue, but yet you're not calling Luke or Anakin the same. Like no, and I pointed out somebody was like, yeah, but she was like an like ace the first time she got the Millennium Falcon. I'm like the first time Luke got an X wing, he blew up the biggest battle station. <laughs> I'm like no, no, does not compute. And they kept they were trying like, but he was trained by Obi Wan. And at that point, I realized, oh, this is futile, and I gave up. Right. Yeah, well, if he was fighting a room full of, you know, those training droids that fired one laser every five minutes, he would have survived. It would have, it would have made a lot of sense, you know, but flying an X-Wing in a, in a resistance, um, you know, when you compare it to, you know, the, I mean, they they did it really subtly with, with uh, Ray. I guess not. I guess too subtle for the He-Man woman haters out there that <laughs> didn't like what they saw. And I, I thought like they showed her very resilient. Um, whereas Luke, he was really whiny. I mean, yeah. who do you want to fight next to? You know, the guy who doesn't want to like put in extra work, <laughs> or the one, or the girl who kicks ass. Hey, dude, Luke stood on his one hand and he lifted rocks. That's yeah, that was an empire. That was only stuff. three days of training. <laughs> we, we, tried, we tried to figure out how many days of training. This is this is the nerd. Conver- this is a major nerd he doesn't ever use his lightsaber. Yeah, ever except so, to cut a wampus head. So let me let me ask you this. It. Let me see. I don't want. I'm not. I want to say test your nerd cred, but have you ever thought about? How much training Luke actually goes through in Empire Strikes Back to fight Vader at the end of that movie? You know, I haven't tried to quantify it, but it can't be much. No, because think about think about the the time frame and what happens. Right, they're attacked on Hoth. Right, he breaks away from the Millennium Falcon to go to Dagobah. So, how long do you think that? From the time that the Millennium Falcon is chased by the Star Destroyers, get into the asteroid field, and get into Bespin, what do you think, like three or four days tops? Oh, if that, yeah. Okay, so that's how much time frame that Luke has been training with Yoda at the same time. (laughs) And then if you think about that, like you were saying, like you didn't quantify, but we tried to. And we're thinking, like, holy shit, Luke has only trained for four days, and he thinks he can face Vader. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, come on, dude. Like, that's... (laughs) Because he wasn't being super cocky, kid. Right? Yeah, exactly. Han Solo told him not to be cocky. It's like that. It's like that six-year-old that like you let win in video games, and all of a sudden starts talking shit to you. I don't want to go compete in the worldwide tournament of whatever this is. And then reality sets in. But like, but think about if if you actually think about on-screen time between the time that the the Falcon is uh, breaks breaks away from the Star Destroyers, and then they're captured by Vader on Bespin. It's not a lot of time no. at all, and that's about the same equivalent as Luke has been on Dagobah. So basically, all he's had to do, or all his training to face Vader in that movie, is lift rocks, <laughs> carry Yoda, <laughs> carry Yoda, and uh, fail at getting and, his X-wing out, and there doing and doing front flips, and that's it. <laughs> and again, whining too. He whines again. He whines again on Dagobah. Now, how long does yes. Force Awakens go through? Is like Force Awakens like a day, day and a half? Two days. She doesn't go through any training. No, what I'm saying is her progress. You see her progression, though. But you already see that she's a fighter at the beginning. Like right. you said, like it's yeah. established that she can handle herself. So. That's why people like also criticize like that she was able to get away from Kylo Ren, and it's like, well, we know she can handle herself with a melee weapon, and he was really super injured. So if he wouldn't yes. have been injured, no, that fight would not have gone well for Ray or Finn. It well, didn't go it, well for Finn. 
Um, okay, I got I this one. This one. I remember literally saying what the fuck when I saw this movie. Um, <laughs> right out loud. Your parents are like, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. This was a, I was in college when I saw this movie. Okay, good. <laughs> so it's a movie called City of Angels, and it has Meg Ryan oh, and Nick Cage in it. I think I know where you're and going with this. Basically, if you don't know the movie, I'll give you a rundown. And I don't give a shit. I'm going to... It doesn't matter if it's spoiled or not, because the movie's fucking stupid. <laughs> so it's supposed to tell this this story about an angel who is infatuated and starts falling in love with a human woman, Nick Cage, and being that person, and, and Meg Ryan being the woman. And he basically is torn between the love that he has for her and his duty as an angel throughout the whole movie. He finally decides to take the jump, the leap to become human. And him and Meg Ryan are, had this like great passion at night or whatever. And she wakes up early to go food shopping or doing something, right? <laughs> she comes back. Like, he's sleeping. She comes back and she's all happy, like giddy of the romantic night that he just had, that she just had sex with an angel, basically. <laughs> and, and she's on a bike going downhill and she decides to close her fucking eyes and put her arms out to her side, like, and then just enjoy the sun. In the middle of the fucking street. So, like, in real life, the most realistic thing that could possibly happen to you if you did this in real life is you get hit by a fucking car and die. <laughs> they chose then to be realistic about a movie about an angel who falls in love with a woman. Right? So, that's the time that they decided to be realistic. <laughs> so, she fucking dies. And the dumbest fucking way possible, and like that I could Cinema possibly history. imagine, like pound yeah. for pound, pound for pound, the dumbest thing I've ever seen somebody die in a movie. Even because yeah, there's like comical ways, like horror wise, you can die. This was a drama romance movie, and she dies because she closes her eyes, <laughs> riding a bike downhill. Was she using the force or some shit? Like, what What was she doing? I think she gets hit by a truck, so clearly she's deaf, too. <laughs> I don't know. Like, one thing, and we talked about this a lot on the podcast, but, like, one thing that I always talk about is... Um, this idea, like, I know where it's coming from, and I know it, it's, like, well-meaning, but I hate it when people say that characters just happen to be something, like, this character is, just happens to be Asian, or this character yeah. just happens to be whatever. And I understand that the, the intent behind that is to say, this story is maybe not all about that. It's not a suffering story about, you know, fighting racism or whatever. And certainly the stories that I try to tell are not all about being Asian um, mm -hmm. but I don't think I don't ever write a character that just happens to be something because I feel like whatever identity you are it informs all of your experience in small and large ways and to ignore that is to write a bad character and I felt like in Ghost in the Shell they had no understanding of that they didn't understand that like if I like if I suddenly woke up in Scarlett Johansson's body well, first of all, I would try to do all the athletic things I can't do in my body. <laughs> but I would also be very, like, there are certain ways that I would be really traumatized, you know? And there's there are a lot of implications about that. And there are a lot of things that I think a woman of color would feel, like waking up in that body or, you know, or figuring out that that's who they used to be, um, like they do in the movie. And they just, they were so unaware of that. They didn't understand that. There was no, like it was, it, that the, the consciousness in the body could have been anyone. It didn't, it didn't have to be a Japanese woman. It, there was no like specificity there, except that they cast a Japanese actress as her mother. Um, and mm. as the ladies talked about in the round table, didn't like, you know, had them hug, and it was like, oh, that's not really a thing. <laughs> like, yes, I, they, yeah, I was thinking right about that. Yeah. yeah, there's a part where the Japanese mom like just invites like Scarlett Johansson into her apartment, and we're like, no, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> like, that's super weird. I I looked at IMDb. I don't think a, a single Japanese person was on the production, like writing or directing or um, someone sitting there going like, uh, this is not 
what would happen. Like, why are we doing this? You know, like, yeah, it's, 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 it was ridiculous. It's very weird. And I don't like, well, I don't know. Obviously there were a lot of bad decisions made in yeah. that movie, but, um, yeah. So uh, we, I have seen it and we talked a lot about that. That's so funny that that was the article. I, I really, I did not know that you knew those women. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's funny because, like, I'm like, oh, this stereotype is that, like, all Asian people know each other, and I'm like, oh, what I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I do, like, there are three of them in the round table, I do, or four of them in the round table, I'm like, I know three out of four of them, and I know the woman who put it together. Anytime he hits the button, he doesn't get bigger, he just... Like gets growls, gets- he he just growls and like puffs his chest out, and the green button lights up on his chest. That's basically <laughs> it. So there's no like other animation to it. That's that's terrible. It's just the LED. Yeah, that, that's that like, well, up. I mean that whole fucking that started the whole thing. I mean, how many neon lights did he fucking use for uh, Batman and Robin? Like that was yeah. like there was lights everywhere. Like instead of actually having ice in the one section where they freeze the museum to, to open the movie, they just have blue neon lights on the fucking ground. <laughs> yeah, it was that that movie was extremely colorful and like fluorescent lights lighting yep. everywhere, yeah. which made everybody no had sense. Lights. Yeah, everybody did. Um, and there was Poison one point Ivy. where they were at that that was at that party, and uh-huh. they were actually like the the dancers. Uh, ha- were f- like throwing around like or, or twirling around like I think neon sticks, like, basically <laughs> giant glow sticks. It's like if J.J. Abrams directed it, there'd just be like those lens flares everywhere. Lens flares everywhere. <laughs> like dead at night, and then he looks at the moon, and there's a giant lens flare coming. Uh, out right, or if it or if John Woo directed Batman or Robin, there's doves everywhere. <laughs> It's slow motion and doves. <laughs> and if it was Michael Bay, it's just explosions and twirling be, cameras. You'd, you'd have like Bane's balls in there somewhere. <laughs> joke. Some supermodel, some supermodel scientist, and some like masturbating joke with yeah, Batman. Like, and then like of course a token black dude and has to be in his movies. Like somewhere. how many how many people have slid down your bat pole, Batman? Yeah, like, just terrible stupid jokes. jokes. <laughs> and like yeah, five anyway. sunsets. So anyway, you hate that. I movie. fucking hate that movie. I I, I, I watch it because it's so bad. Like it, it's like a train wreck. That's basically <laughs> how I explain it. I mean, I, I'm again. I, I don't like that movie. I don't like it, but I don't hate it because like I leave it on and I just think it's fascinating how fucking awful that movie is. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't, Corey, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of our, our podcasts, but we anytime we get anybody on, we basically internet stalk the shit out of you. So, like, we look up your name. Um, oh, oh, and no. by the way, by, by the way, you can curse in, on this podcast too. Yeah, okay. so, um, right. so, um, so we inter- I, I internet stalked you, and I, I, I came, came to find out that you played Young Red on that '70s show, which <laughs> I remember that episode. Remember that too, because it was yeah. so freaking cool how spot on you were. Because he's got like a very distinct delivery, and and like I I love that. Guy. I was always scared of that guy because I remember watching RoboCop as a kid. Oh yeah. So it really uh, it, when he was that '70s show father, I was like, oh god, it's that guy from RoboCop who's a real asshole. And, yeah. Uh, well, I so remember different. him. From uh, I remember him from Dead Poet Society. Uh, oh, it was the father and that scary dad? And so yeah. Yeah, I was I was uh, I was not only terrified uh, just to meet him in general. I was terrified to have to do some half-ass uh, impersonation of him too. So, <laughs> but I, but I had nothing nothing to worry about because he honestly is the nicest guy on the face of the earth. He's just so tremendously nice. Did he? Uh, was he able to? talk to you after he saw your performance his imitation your imitation of him yeah i mean he sort of saw it in the moment during rehearsals and um you know i just kind of sheepishly was like dude i'm so sorry that i'm doing this and he was just like what are you talking about this is great you know so he's (laughs) he's just he's super super sweet so i uh he was a really great guy uh to hang out with yeah did Did you watch did he ever call you a dumbass (laughs) <laughs> he may have done it uh, only in good fun. 
<laughs> did you watch a lot of footage from that 70s show to get it right, or did you watch a bunch of other stuff like RoboCop? Um, well, it was it was in a weird time when there wasn't a lot of stuff immediately available. When I went in for the callback, they gave me, uh, and this should tell you, uh, you know, whereabouts we were in technology. They they gave me a uh, a video cassette tape uh, to to look at, and it was called like the Best of Red, and it was just a series of clips <laughs> of, of him. And, so I took this, uh, you know, this cassette tape home, and that's what I uh, sort of looked at, and that was kind of it because it was really the early days of the internet, and I had never seen the show before, and um, I basically I knew who he was from, you know, RoboCop and Dead Poet Society, and I just kind of went on that plus the uh, the video cassette tape they gave me. Well, I, I remember I was shocked when I saw this. I was like, oh my god, it's the same guy. Because yeah, I, I remember that episode vividly thinking, this guy nailed him perfectly because yeah. he's so dry. Well, thanks. I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's you know, some people can sort of uh, mimic or imitate. And uh, I didn't, you know, didn't have a whole lot to do. So um, I was very uh, glad that I was able to get the part. So Princess Bride. And this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, and I, I thought I was going to have a hard time finding a what-the-fuck moment. It took me five minutes. Seriously? Five minutes. Five minutes. That's a near-perfect movie. So it's right after, it's right after uh, Columbo. Peter, Columbo. Peter oh, Fo- Col- <laughs> what the hell's his name? Peter Falk? Yeah. Is that? I was yeah, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. <laughs> Peter Falk. He comes crazy, in, and, crazy yeah, yeah, he comes in yeah. and starts to read the story. Right? So he's reading the story, and, it, you know, it's it's whatever her name is, the blonde, right? And she she's there. Princess and keeps, Buttercup? No, she's not Jesus princess Christ. at this time. Yeah, what? I know. I only needed to see five minutes. I didn't get to the name part yet. Okay. So they just leave her there, and she just constantly just messes with the farm boy, right? Like, do this farm boy, do that shit, oh, right? yeah, yeah. And there's no parents around, so clearly she's young, right? Right. So what kind of parent are you that you leave a girl there with a guy who she constantly fucks with? <laughs> On a farm where you have like weapons, <laughs> like like Wesley's gonna pull out a pitchfork and he's. There's just no like... reason for him to like her. I don't care how good looking you are. There's no fucking reason to fall in love with her. She's a bitch to him. <laughs> so you think like he would have like attacked her or like? I'm just saying, when the parents came home from wherever they were, she probably was soil. Because <laughs> she's a bitch to him. They're like, uh, farm boy, where's Princess Buttercup? She's like, oh, they're buried in the, in the, in the berry patch. Like, <laughs> and that's, but that, she told me one too many things to do. Like, fuck. she's like, she's like, hey, can you grab this pan that's right here at eye level? Like, yeah. Please. And then he grabs her like all sexual. Bam! Clearly. <laughs> clearly Wesley is like fucked up in the head, right? Yeah. Because yeah, he yeah. likes this girl who just messes with him. And he thinks like he he thinks that's love. That's how messed up he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thinks abuse is love. It's sexy. It's like sex. It's dominatrix. Verbal abuse you know? is love to yeah. Wesley. Twenty one, twenty two. I don't remember. I don't. I'm not good at math, and I don't really want to realize how old I, or young I was back then. <laughs> I was still in college. I know that. I, like I was crushing. I was crushing it back then. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 I'm doing a free podcast. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> He went backwards. <laughs> yeah. I, it's all, it was all downhill. Now I'm doing a list of movies I watched fucking when I was in college. That's how far, that's how far I've fallen. <laughs> so you had, uh, you had, obviously had to have Star Wars toys way back in the I day. I did. I did. I've already said, like, I've already, I remember okay. ruining Vader. <laughs> so follow up question. Did you ever make your toys have sex with each other? I did. <laughs> I did. But not, not well, because the toys that I played with, like, they were all boys' toys. Oh. You know? So, like, I didn't so you do made that. them homosexual? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, but my sister had Barbies and like she Like, like, I'm your father. <laughs> no. My sister had Barbies and, and She-Ra. Oh, nice. So. A little lesbian action. Little. I think we had, like, Chitara, too. <laughs> Chitara. Yeah, there we go. No, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. That's how boy. Lionel became a man. In <laughs> <that show. laughs> All right. Um, okay, so let's say that uh, there were two job openings 
at Jabba's Palace. Okay. <clears throat> so you had to pick between the two. There's no other job. Would you rather clean up the Rancor shit in the Rancor pit <laughs> or clean out Jabba's bedpan? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Can I be in a hazmat suit? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I feel like it would probably be easier to clean out the Rancor one because I would probably have to use like some kind of lift. Whereas Jabba, I would have to probably do it by hand. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Rancor. I'm, I'm thinking Rancor has like a, like a big vehicle that I can, like a small at-at to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's an A-T-S-H-I-T-A-T. Yeah. yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> exactly. Very, very first trailer for Justice League. Yeah. And that was the one where, Bat- where where Bruce Wayne, not Batman, Bruce Wayne is in broad daylight on a fucking horse asking people about the Aquaman in broad daylight. And right. I'm thinking, do you know you're Bruce Wayne, right? You know everybody knows who the fuck you are. <laughs> and you're going around asking about metahumans. Like, aren't people going to think that's fucking weird, especially in the day of the internet where we have, like, you know, Vine videos and facebook live and all this shit like nobody's gonna facebook live this crap like hell fuck <laughs> there's bruce wayne in a bar or in a fishing place and of course yeah. no, nobody has a cell phone here for some reason right you know people in like the desert probably have cell phones and these fuckers don't have cell phones <laughs> to record bruce wayne you know yeah, like I, you know hey I fuck he like would... the, the 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 instagram would be like hey bruce wayne's in my bar right now <laughs> fucking asking about metahumans <laughs> Aquaman is tossing him around the bar. It's weird. Yeah, it's funny. He just came up and riding a wave, like literally riding a wave, not on the right. surfboard. <laughs> and his fork has got like five prongs on it. Yeah, hashtag what the fuck. <laughs> hashtag this is not a trident. Yeah, it's tweeted out. Yeah. <laughs> From that bar or wherever the hell they're at. Like, let's call it, let's call it Sharky Joe's Bait and Beer. <laughs> Yeah, and he's got like a uh, Facebook page. So how could he not go Facebook Live with Bruce Wayne? Just like, hey, anybody seen any many humans around? I'm not Bruce Wayne. It's <laughs> like a one star Yelp review because someone's like, <laughs> yeah, I went in there to eat fish sticks, and this guy like was beating up Bruce Wayne in the bar. I couldn't eat. And yeah, the food came out. I have no idea what Bruce Wayne was doing in my bar today, <laughs> but he started some shit. Yeah, fucked up my bar and. And all the patrons. And somebody tell me what the fuck a metahuman is. Because <laughs> he wouldn't stop saying it. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's cheap. He didn't tip me right. Right. He didn't buy anything. He just yeah, he didn't buy anything. He just, fucking, he just ordered water. Bruce Wayne ordered water at my bar. And he left a donkey here. <laughs> <laughs> why, like, why? why does Bruce Wayne have a fucking donkey? <laughs> I don't know. Or a horse. Or a horse, yeah. Right does Bruce Wayne know he's got like many cars that he could have just drove here? He could have like flew there in the Batcopter or whatever. The bat he could have flew there in his jet. private plane or private jet. If he wasn't going to be Batman, why the fuck even hide it? <laughs> like just show up on his yacht or some shit. Or just show up in the show up in the bat jet. Just yeah, just fucking just Bruce jump Wayne. out like, like, hey, <laughs> and just have a shirt hey. that says "I'm not Batman" or Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Again, if you didn't know that this was, if this was just a normal story with no historical ties to it, it would be a, it'd be a pretty decent movie. But which is what they should have done. Well, yeah, I mean, they should have just made up a movie instead of attaching Wonder Woman. Well, they wouldn't even have to make it up. There are plenty of people. You know, the people in the poly world were really upset to find out that it wasn't true. I I was going back and forth with a lot of people, like, all over the place. And they were so happy to have this movie come out. And then to find out it wasn't true, they felt like, well, you know... But meanwhile, if it had gone out knowing that it was imaginary, they could have stayed happy. <laughs> right, that's true. It's like, yeah. show people in positive light. I, so, so that, that so part, that part wasn't that, even that true that's at all. taken away. No, and, that, and Graham and Dots weren't lovers. You know, it's like, it, 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 that's that's the thing that's bad because it was, it was almost as if I was stuck in that spot of, am I really going to open my mouth about this? Because I don't want to 
dash people's like dreams and happiness and all this kind of thing if they just had not done the bit about Wonder Woman's origins I probably would have just let it go by you know because as far as I'm concerned like sex is like and and what if they were gay and what if there was a big poly thing so there right. there wasn't but it doesn't make any real difference in the world but but from the the point of view of taking credit away from from Graham is in it's just like so totally unacceptable and they made both women out to be like less than intriguing humans it's like okay their sex life may have intrigued people but they didn't have they weren't very solid mm-hmm. that's well, all what i found what i found crazy like what i mean like i said like i i keep alluding to this because we didn't know anything about it and i thought it was a beautiful love story about these people just caring about each other right and it's like, almost like finding out that like romeo and julia didn't die the way they did and they got just <laughs> hit by like a runaway like horse <laughs> <laughs> or no 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 they didn't really die they snuck away and they're living somewhere right right that would be closer to the how far off it is right yeah. and then like and then they both hit puberty yeah, and, and, and then that other. happened. Yeah, and then they didn't like each other, and they got divorced. Yeah, I want to see that. that I want to see that movie. I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> and it's the true story. You can market it right. that way. Exactly. And then somewhere, somewhere there, like King Arthur comes out. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a, there was actually that Clive Owen movie. I don't know if you remember that movie uh, called Arthur. And they said it was like the way that the trailer played, it actually said something to the effect of, you know, the, the untold true story of King Arthur. I'm like, he's completely made up. That's like saying the untold, the untold, to, the untold truth story of Santa Claus. I'm like, wait a minute. Now that one I want to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then you would have to go to like what? Coca-Cola for that. <laughs> Do they own him now? Well, that's who created uh, Santa Claus, the way that we see him today. Oh, the way that we see him. Okay. Yeah. This is our new favorite thing this year, but we always look at um, old movies' budgets and then try to compare it to, to Spawn, which is about to come out sometime. I don't know. But so the budget of this movie was twelve million bucks. It's two million more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's two million more, and there's a lot of matte paintings in this. Yeah. Yep. Um, and and I mean the the I think the the special effects I think were done by the same people that might have done either like maybe have done American Wolf in London because I remember the the werewolf changing scenes were were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they weren't um, they weren't bad. But there's there's like really there's some like really bad like special effects in this movie um, yeah. because it's a low budget low budget like <laughs> film and. <clears throat> Again, McFarlane thinks he's going to make a, mo- a spawn move for ten million, and I'm like, okay, it, are you going to see spawn through an iPad? Like, I don't know. How you're going to do it, for ten mil? Is it an eight pixel animated movie? <laughs> like, an I mean, <laughs> they had to use the same like you know uh, sets over and over again here. Right. I mean, the ending, the ending of the movie is actually filmed on the same street. Or the same lot that the intro for the Growing Pains episode is yep. shot. Yep. And um, so, and it still cost twelve million dollars back in nineteen eighty-seven. So that's like twenty million dollars now. <laughs> no, like, yeah, probably more. So for him, so imagine this movie and and making it. And you saw how bad the special effects were, right? Mm-hmm. So in order, you have to cut. This movie had to have been made for like six million. To match what what uh, what uh, McFarlane's gonna uh, do for Spawn? So imagine. Look, okay, so again, like outside of outside of the Wolfman changing, there's some cheesy, especially when Dracula changes, right? Mm-hmm. There's some cheesy effects here. Now imagine this movie on a six million dollar budget. <laughs> it would just be like a stick, you know, like. Dracula, yep. You could still see like the tag right. on Dracula's costume from like Target <laughs> they had to take it or back. Walmart. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> would explain the, the whole scene. On this. The whole scene where Sean stabs him in the chest won't happen because they can't put a hole through the shirt. 
Because <laughs> they would have to return it. Right. <laughs> like, no, 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 don't drag them through the ground. <laughs> no. You can't drag them on the ground. <laughs> Fucking, you're going to ruin the cape. We got to return yeah. that shit. Yeah, Dracula, lift up your cape, Hopkins. Don't yeah. drag it on the ground. He's like, no, 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 we don't have the budget for teeth. Take these chiclets and cut them. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> the am the amulet's not an amulet. It's like a fucking glow stick. <laughs> it's it's a glow stick that with with like uh, because what is it like two snakes coming out of it? So it's yeah. like it's a glow stick with two gummy worms taped to it. That yeah. to it. <laughs> You know, Luke is going to be training Ray, and then like Snoke is going to be training, you know, Kylo or Drago. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> it just ruined the last Jedi for me. If, if Ray goes to the top of gonna... Skellig Island or Octo and goes Drago, you know, or Kylo, <laughs> or Kylo, there's like, oh shit! <laughs> there is a 360 shot of that that island. Yeah, and then I'm gonna, like, I'm going to look over at my left, and I'm like, where'd Vic go? And I'm like. His friend's like, he said, this is bullshit, and left. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just going to start playing the Rocky, like, uh, montage theme song yeah. from Rocky Four. It's the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, it's just a, it's just a, a oh, instrumental did, montage. Did, 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 when did, 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 Drago, yeah. Drago's getting steroids and shit. <laughs> He's got to get injected with many <laughs> I got 30,000 now. I got more than Yoda, bitch. That's uh, great. <laughs> like he's like fucking the, HGH. He's like hitting the, he's like using the force and the pound per pound inch is like going up. <laughs> As he's doing the indoor laps, he's lifting rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Top. balancing them. Tossing them. <laughs> balancing them. <laughs> oh my god, how pissed off would you be? You're like, what? And then, that? and then Ray is, Ray is, uh, <laughs> Ray is dragging around, uh, <laughs> dragging around Luke Skywalker on like a sled. <laughs> and then you see, and then the That's next so scene stupid. is you see, and then you, next scene you see Luke, Chewie, and uh, R2 sitting in a wagon and, and, <laughs> Ray's and, and Ray's got a, no, Ray's got to push press it. Oh yeah. Like, press That's it above right. his shoulders, right. remember? So she got to push it above her shoulders, and then she screams. But she doesn't scream like normal. She screams, and then her lips move over to the right like Rocky does. (laughs) With a speech impediment. That would be fucking awesome. She's like, yeah. yeah." And then, like, R2-D2's following her while she's jogging around Octo, the (laughs) island. Just like the Russians were following Rocky. And then towards the end of the... and And then towards the end of the montage... Towards the end of the montage, she like fakes one way and then like fakes the other way, and then like R2 falls over and she, he loses her. And then she's just running and running because it's towards the end of the montage. Right. And she's running all the way to the very top of the mountain and then she shouts out Kylo like four times. Like I'm just like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> like, Fuck they jumped the movie. shark. <laughs> they jumped the shark. Mark yeah. Hamill was right. <laughs> He's not, he had no idea this was coming. <laughs> he had no the idea look. this was this was the direction they were going to take. <laughs> the, the look on his face. He's just like, I don't like this. He's like, he's like shaking his head. <laughs> Ryan Johnson's like, come on, just go with it. This is awesome. <laughs> it's great. Like one of my favorite movies. Mashed it together with this movie. <laughs> He's like, we had a guest director. We had the Creed director. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What if, what if like, the final lightsaber, what if, like, the lightsaber battle between between uh, Luke and Kylo Ren on Octo is more, like, over the top? Because <laughs> Rian Johnson's just not a, he's just not, he's just he's not a, only a, he's a huge a Rocky fan. fan. Yeah, he's just a huge Stallone fan. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, so before, you know how like Sylvester Stallone switches his hat from front to back. Yeah, Kylo Ren's gonna do the same thing with his helmet. <laughs> I can't see out of this thing. <laughs> He's like, it's like a switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
What are the Stallone movies? Are <laughs> <that I'm laughs> <playing here? laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Judge and Dredd? Ray's like, and then, I the law. Come on. Right. right. That's, what, that's what Kylo Ren says, because in this version, he's Sylvester Stallone. Oh, right. <laughs> right. And then his mom comes, and then it's Carrie Fisher showing up, right? It's it's, it's General Leia showing up, like, because, again, he's Sylvester, Kylo Ren, Sylvester Stallone. Now it's like, don't, don't stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Stel Getty. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see Ryan just like all smile and he's like, this is going to yeah, be like, so awesome. Yeah, he's like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> There's going to be so many people coming to watch this movie. Under Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, interview Stallone. They're like, what'd you think? He's like, it was pretty good. <laughs> I really like this movie. <laughs> the DCEU is like, oh, man, Martha guy people are gonna love it right and then Rian Johnson's like hold my beer <laughs> I'll just I'll just make the last I'll make the last Jedi fucking rocky I'll, I'll make it oh I'll make it uh, so like Kylo puts like a you know a bandana around his head and he's like that's Rambo I gotta, I gotta save Hux he's a POW <laughs> I gotta go in there and get him out <laughs> oh my god he like rips, so... rips his shirt off he's just I don't. Th- I don't think like I don't think I would be able to walk out of that movie I think I would no. have to see it through to the end because be, the thing is if it was such a train wreck like that you couldn't leave you'd have to watch yeah. the whole thing yeah it can't be in the middle right like right. you can't see potential in the movie at all like it, it can't be Justice League where you see potential it has to be just a raging pile of shit like like 100% pile of shit. <laughs> the lights come up and everyone's like, like even baffled. even like even the opening crawl it has like so is spelled the way Sylvester Stallone will say it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what's going on here? Hey, Trey Ray, the actor. And there's like the opening montage. There's the opening montage, like in Rocky Three. <laughs> Where he's just beating up a bunch of fucking guys. Kylo's like, you're greedy, you're greedy and lazy. <laughs> Snoke <Nope>. is Mick. <laughs> Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> Ray like beats the shit out of him. His Mick, eyes are Mick, all you know how Mickey, Mickey, Mickey always wore. Mickey always wore that red, the, the yellow jacket. Yeah. Well, Snoke is in that golden fucking yellow cloak. Oh, he just needs a beanie. Yeah, he does. 